0: This is a crusade! This is a holy war against the deep state! Where are the dictators? Where are the strong men? Donald Trump is our instrument for
1: retribution! I'm going to fight for Christians, I'm going to fight for white people.
2: They have the Great Reset, we have the Great Awakening.
1: And why shouldn't I root for Russia, which I am.
2: I want to see these people
0: go through misery because of their grooming against our children. After the assailant entered the
3: home asking, where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? Those are the very same words used by the mob when they stormed the United States Capitol.
0: I did nothing wrong.
4: Welcome to a premium episode of the Did Nothing Wrong podcast, where we cut through the noise and help you make sense of the chaotic information space around us. I'm Griff Somke. It's been an eventful year at the Did Nothing Wrong pod. There's been a lot of changes, both internal and external. And one of the biggest drivers of those changes was our Person of the Year, a.k.a. the person who did the most nothing wrong. Now, before we announce the 2023 winner of this prestigious award, I want to talk about the criteria we're using to determine 2023's Did Nothing Wrong person who did the most nothing wrong. As we've stated many times on this program, Our goal is to cut through the noise and help you make sense of the information environment around us. Therefore, the nominees for 2023's Did Nothing Wrong person who did the most nothing wrong are the people who made the information environment the most difficult to deal with. These are the worst of the people who create false narratives, who lie for a living, who make this podcast necessary. If not for them, we wouldn't be here. Needless to say, that applies to a lot of people out here in the information space. So let's run down some of the nominees and look back at the year that was, shall we? The first nominee is noted milkshake enjoyer Andy Noe, who managed to continue his streak of being pathetic and annoying by losing a lawsuit against Antifa. Andy wasn't thrilled with the result, as he told Fox News.
5: A civil case, which was filed in 2020, was, um, to me, my me not giving up and in, in just really wanting to stand up for press freedom in Portland, stand up for myself, and also, also to send a message that what happened to me was wrong and that we can unmask some of these um, persons of interest or suspects. And so the the verdict delivery... Um, this earlier this week was um, extremely disappointing.
4: We covered his failed lawsuit against Antifa in episode 89 with Jared Holt. Take a listen.
5: Yes, he's, he's very angry that this this uh, case did not go his way, but like Jared said, people are so desperate for a false equivalency here that he will continue to exist out in the world and claim that the antifa threat is looming and I, I remember one of his posts recently that there was a train that was derailed and oh. he said th- something about how this is why i always warn about the potential for antifa to derail the trains and what the damage that they could cause and then somebody asked him like oh are you saying antifa was involved in this and he says, well, no it, it's it's just a hypothetical and then he deletes it and that's that's this that's who this guy is
4: yeah yeah just dishonest and just the most disingenuous quote-unquote journalist out there but he's got like you said his audience and he's got a large number of people who unfortunately take this guy seriously and will tell you oh he's the only journalist who's speaking truth on the antifa thing and it's like Okay. Well,
3: we didn't really talk about the lawsuit, but I think with everything we said, uh, it's maybe not a surprise he didn't win that thing.
5: <laughs> One might even say that he lost it and pretty poorly, even though like some of the reporting that came out of that case, like the lawyers for the defendants were like, they were kind of being clowns too. Mm-hmm. And he still lost, which is like incredible to me. Yeah. Which is, he had nothing. Uh huh like that's the only way you lose that if you're like defense lawyer is just like clowning around and being like i am antifa
4: yeah <laughs> yeah literally that's something that actually you got suck, said you, suck, you
5: lost you suck <laughs> nobody wants to yeah yeah and that's the thing you can say whatever the fuck you want on social media but take it to court and then we'll see and he did and here we are
4: we sat down with the guy that Andy No is convinced is the leader of Antifa in Richmond, Virginia, activist Goad Gatsby, to discuss Andy's attempted presentation in that city and the civic response. This is from episode 101. So let's talk a little about Andy No. He was in Richmond for a presentation. Correction. He was in Henrico County. Henrico County.
5: <laughs> he planned to be in Richmond. Is that correct?
4: Uh-huh. At one point, yes. Tried to go to Richmond. Couldn't quite make that one happen. So he ended up in Henrico County because like all well-meaning people, Richmond didn't especially want him. He couldn't find a venue. So he ends up outside of Richmond. And he was doing a presentation that, what what was the point of all of this? I'm not quite clear what he was trying to accomplish being out there. What was his What was his goal? You know, I got to
1: say there's, Two things that they could have been trying to do. Uh, The first, the most obvious one is that they would just have a conference where they give out their ideas. But I think most likely the second thing would be they want to have a protest against them for the visual effect. They want to be the victim. Right. And I'm on the fence that it's the second thing Hmm. because I looked at some of the footage of what was going on there. Why would why would they pick a downtown location? That was close to the VCU campus, the Virginia Commonwealth campus, where a lot of the protests were happening. Right, and I feel that uh, they just wanted a central location so they could have protesters to come at them. Oh, also, there was a giant hurricane, like coming through, like Hurricane Ophelia was coming through right. Richmond at that time. So it definitely did not mobilize a lot of people.
4: Huh. So basically, it looked like maybe it was a media stunt that they were hopefully going to get some, some protesters, some people showing up and they could film all of that and talk about how Andy's narrative is so dangerous. They, they can't allow him to speak. The left has to shut him down.
1: By, by the way, the, the magazine that I worked for, the publication, uh, RVA mag got an email from, uh, asked for we ran a story saying that he was going to be in there, they sent an email saying that, no, we, we had canceled on him because the organizers were deceptive about who was speaking. So once we found out who it was, we canceled on them. Now, this is according to an email that they sent to me. Now, Fox News Digital, uh, the same organizers claim a different story. Right. So believe whatever you want to believe.
5: <laughs> but, but one way or the other, they they end up uh, blaming you or, or pushing it in your direction. It seems to me that you are this boogeyman for them because you keep showing up and you show your face and that's about the extent of it. Is there, is there anything else?
3: (laughs) Well, their
1: argument against me is similar to the complaints against say libs of TikTok, where I would say Andy, no, is having an event at this location. You know, I'm doing this because like, they've already publicly stated somewhere and I'm then elevating that to people who would follow me. So they are claiming that the people that I would that would follow me would go out and attack them. Huh. Now, that's not what happened, but for libs of TikTok, like people do call in bomb threats, the people that like watch libs of TikTok videos and find out that children's hospital also do like gender they
4: do gender affirming surgery. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, they do that and then they call in a bomb threat. And it's like clockwork with libs of TikTok. Anytime they mention anything, it seems like within a day or two, that organization is seeing bomb threats. That organization is seeing threatening phone calls. And if you look at the comments on their Twitter feed, you'll see why. Because the people are just absolutely unhinged. And as a joke, I don't write schochastic
1: terrorists as my bio. Yeah. That's sort of the difference between me and them. Right.
5: Well, and I don't have a hard time believing that if something like this did happen indirectly as a result of anything you're doing, I'm sure you would condemn it. I'm sure you would call out and say, don't do this. This is not who we are. This is not what we do. And libs of TikTok does not, no matter how many times this keeps happening and it's over a dozen at this point, there is no condemnation. There is no, we should be better than this. It's just, oh, that's not my fault, and on to the next.
4: Yep. They can't admit that they might have any culpability here. They can't admit that it's the people that listen to their stuff and it's the people that read their content that are doing this. There's no separation whatsoever. They know what's going to happen now when they post something online. They know that their fan base is going to go after whoever it is they just targeted, and it's targeting. Call it what it is. They're they're targeting people now.
1: And in my case, like the worst... The the worst thing that happened where people called the venue and said I disagree with the speaker you've chosen to have in your venue. Gosh! And at that point, it's up to the venue to make that decision. So that's hey, baby, that's free market capitalism.
5: Mm-hmm. Sounds like free speech to me. Yeah, I don't they were fans of that?
4: Yeah, it's hard for them to understand that anybody choosing voluntarily not to want to associate with them or not to want to purchase their content or you know spend money on their ideas is somehow suppressing their free speech it's like you don't have a right to an audience you just have a right to say it and people have a right to react to that however they react and if it's walking away from it and saying no i don't think you i don't think you need to be associated with us they they really can't handle that it's just it's crazy
5: well and and some of this seems Like when we're dealing with someone such as Andy no, there's a big disconnect between how popular he is online and how popular he tends to be at any given place. Uh, It seems like it is it is easy to cultivate that audience on the Internet when you never have to leave your home. But in real life, it, it doesn't seem like he's got this big band of supporters. Am I am I wrong?
1: Well, based off of the attendance, it looked like maybe 40 people showed up. He claimed hundreds. I, I can tell you that they didn't. Even the most generous way that that did not reach above 99 people. <laughs> but, you know, the people that do support him are of positions of power.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I've noted that former ICE director Tony Pham was there. There's a couple people that uh, I can't confirm their identity, so I don't want to be wrong on this but I, maybe somebody who was big at Regent University. I don't know if you've ever heard of Regent oh, yes. University. Oh, yes. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, State Senator Amanda Chase was there as well. Uh, I don't. She was also with Stuart Rhodes shooting a video on January 5th. So, uh-huh. yeah, weird, weird how that worked out. Gosh, weird, weird. But, yeah, and, you know, Seems to be a person that is pushed onto these large audiences and told that uh, we're supposed to enjoy, uh, you know, the algorithm here on the X <laughs> seems to love pushing out his content. I mean, growing up, there was a little newspaper called Gotcha. I don't know if you've ever heard it or heard something similar like this, where it would just print out the mug of people who had been arrested locally Huh. he's turned that into an online sensation but like an international online sensation where you take like these compromising pictures of people uh you know if you've ever been arrested it is terrible being arrested and they have the photo at the end they beat you like they don't literally beat you down but like it's it's an emotional beat down to be like when handcuffs taken to a jail read what your rights are and like be, uh stripped naked and then they take your picture yeah you're going you're going to you're going to look terrible yeah like this is just a a collection of all these people in the worst moments of their life and in andy no's case he was showing pictures of people from richmond who had been arrested one of them was the student body president of vcu at the time taylor baloney uh and like they they were arrested along with me and like our crime was being in a park after sunset except when we were arrested we weren't in that park Uh, You know, all of our charges, all of our charges were dropped. But to Andy, no, he saw that as the prosecutors and the politicians are siding with the
4: Antifa in their quest (laughs) to be in parks after sunset. So what you're telling me is it didn't even make a whole lot of sense what they were trying to push. That it was one of those Andy has a narrative and he's not going to let the facts get in the way of anything he's out there selling at this point.
5: Absolutely. The shadowy cabal is definitely doing something. I guess the details aren't always in, important, but yeah, why why is there such a need for Andy on the right?
1: Jeez, I don't I I feel like he's supposed to be like their big research guy, like all the intel comes from him and the reason why, you know, he doesn't get wiped out from all these social media sites is that he always sort of because he went to school for journalism, like He he could make good stuff if he wanted, but he knows how to write in sort of like a neutral language but that will also like excite his crowd. He's smart enough to to do things in a way that would cause the most amount of attention. And that's sort of his existence is that he's sort of what's that show? entertainment tonight for the wacky Uh, (laughs) right-wingers
4: right that actually makes a whole lot of sense you watch the andy no show and he tells you about all of these things that are supposedly happening and you're getting all of this from one guy who's a bit of a fabulist and makes things up routinely when he needs to and boy that actually explains a lot andy no as entertainment tonight Up next, the Zoomer David Duke, Nicholas J. Fuentes. Duke himself is even a fan.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, friends and open-minded people, wherever you live across the United States of America, Europe, and the world, this is David Duke. And this is the real David Duke. We're going to talk about Nick Fuentes. And it's a subject that I've touched on upon. Uh, I've touched on a number of times on this broadcast and talked about a lot of the things that I really like about what he's doing. I've, I've been not critical of him at all. I don't necessarily agree with every approach he takes or everything he says or everything he does, but I do agree that he is doing good work and he's increasing awareness of all the issues that we talk about here.
4: Yes, indeed, Nick is picking up the burning cross where old David Duke left off and is doing his best to clan pill a new generation. This guy is absolutely terrible.
6: Women women don't like me. Nobody likes me. I'm a complete loner, completely eccentric, sort of prickly, uh, unlikable, autistic hermit. And um, that's just the way I am. So, So I was born... I was born a loner, and uh, that was involuntary. I didn't choose to be born, so that was involuntary. So, so I'm an incel.
4: In fact, he's so bad, we did an entire episode on his permanent record. Here's some of the highlights from episode 32. Warning, parental discretion advised on this one.
6: We love Hitler, not in a fucking gay way, Okay. We love Hitler in a Christian way, you freak. Not in a gay way. Anyway, in like a, in like a awesome way, okay? In like a we love Trump way, you fucking liberal.
4: Well, one thing Fuentes has said on a number of occasions is that he thinks it's actually really weird for people to be as obsessed with Hitler as we are this many years after the fact. He thinks that it's weird that People still care about any of this stuff. And he thinks that we should all just kind of get over it and look at this as a just a blip in history. And he thinks that the reason we don't is because the Jews control the media and they keep pushing this narrative so they can maintain control over everyone else. And he doesn't quite understand that systematic annihilation of a population on a scale that Hitler did just isn't something that blips on the radar. This isn't something people are going to get over anytime soon. Every time there's been pogroms like this, every time there's been an attempt to wipe out the majority of a population in an area, this isn't something that washes out real fast. And when they keep the kind of records that they kept and they keep the kind of documentation that the Nazis kept on what they were doing. And it's that obvious to everyone people aren't going to forget about this for a while. They're going to essentially use it as an object lesson that hopefully never again. Hopefully we never end up in a situation where anybody can do this again. But guys like Fuentes, they hate the Jews. They absolutely hate the Jews and they're trying to make it sound like Hitler didn't do anything wrong. He was that strong leader that Germany needed. They emphasize those parts of Hitler as
5: what they think is cool. Yeah. They think Hitler is based Mm -hmm. based. He's talked about the videos of, of Hitler giving his speeches and looking commanding and they think he's cool. They think it's an ideal to strive towards. They love the aesthetics. Yeah. As if you could ever possibly (laughs) separate Hitler from exterminating the Jews and the gypsies and the mentally ill and all the gas chambers and all these things which they of course deny he's he's denied the holocaust he's disputed the gas chambers all of this stuff they don't believe in any of it and they joke about it
6: max says if i take one hour to cook a batch of cookies and cookie monster has 15 ovens working 24 hours a day every day for five years how long does it take cookie monster to make six million batches of cookies i don't know that's a good question Certainly. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, no. It doesn't really sound correct to me. Wait a second. It takes one hour to cook a batch of cookies and you have 15 ovens, pr- probably in four different kitchens, right? Doing 24 hours a day every day for five years. How long would it take you to make six million? Hmm. I don't know. It certainly wouldn't be five years, right? Uh, the math doesn't seem to add up there. The math doesn't quite seem to add up there. I don't think you'd result uh, in 6 million, maybe 200 to 300,000 cookies. And I think the Red Cookie Association said something like that, probably 200 to 300,000 cookies baked, probably. And in addition, you know, in this hypothetical, I imagine that if you took aerial photographs over the kitchens, you would need to see certain smokestacks to release the smoke from baking the cookies. And the smokestacks would project certain shadows But I guess they're not visible in the aerial photographs taken over the kitchens. Moreover, if you look at the soil texture, it's really not deep enough for mass cookie storage underground. Um, And so there's a lot of things, you know, in the cookie kitchen, they say that the ovens are uh, wooden and they have windows on them and they're not totally secure. And the ovens that they use... They, they actually did sort of an ad hoc use of that particular kind of oven, even though they made a perfectly good design for ovens for a different purpose for delousing. I mean, you know, for something else. So none of it really adds up. I don't know. It just kind of doesn't really make sense, this, this crazy cookie analogy. Uh, you have to really, you have to be, that's sort of an esoteric uh, story. That's from Cookie Right. You wouldn't understand that if you're just sort of passing through, if you're just a normie. So six million cookies, uh -uh, I don't buy it. That's all irony. I'm an irony, bro. That's all irony. Uh, You know, I love and respect everyone. Everything that the government says is true.
4: Fuentes has made plenty of jokes about this over his career. Like he thinks it's funny or he thinks he wants to get these talking points out there by using irony that he can then later walk back and say, oh, yeah, no, bro. I was joking. I was joking. It's all just a joke.
5: Yeah. And more and more, he stopped pretending with that. He's still doing it. He's still, oh, I didn't, I didn't mean it. But it's also, I didn't mean it. Wink, wink. It's, it's not like he said all the, all the terrible things and he, it's all out there and it's not going away. I think he was annoyed. He was specifically annoyed <laughs> that I repeated that part about him saying Israel did 9-11 because I think it may have been the first time he's actually said that, which now is his permanent record is, is talking about that. It's not like he's the first person that's mm-hmm. gone there with that conspiracy theory. It's a, it's one that's been pushed since 9-11 happened, and it is the, all the same anti-Semitism that we've come across again and again. Can you believe it?
4: And after all that, he still ended up having dinner with presumptive GOP nominee Donald Trump at Mar-a-Lago. What a world, right? Fuentes would later go on one of the most prominent Manosphere podcasts to discuss the jq or jewish question with the hosts we did an episode about this with researcher daniel schwartz this is from episode 79 we're joined today by daniel schwartz he is a far-right researcher and host of the podcast public research with daniel schwartz we're going to be talking a bit about nick fuentes going on the fresh and fit podcast recently to have a purported debate daniel welcome to the show and well at first glance this match doesn't make much sense
3: it doesn't. I mean that's part of the reason I sort of I've quibbled sort of with the description of Fuentes as white nationalist. Not because it's not true. The way I describe Fuentes is his life goal is to lead pogroms against Jews. Hard to argue that. But he's okay having a few brown faces in the mob.
4: I was really reminded of that famous photo from the Nation of Islam rally with George Lincoln Rockwell and his lieutenants sitting in the front row with their arms crossed. That's really what that podcast reminded me of watching it. Kind of like, we don't agree on everything, but we agree on one thing, and that that's somebody needs to do something about the Jews. That's definitely the vibe I got out of Nick on that.
5: yeah. Yeah. And we look at the Fresh and Fit podcast and its name tells you what it is, right? It's supposed to be about health and fitness. And it's it's a couple guys named Walter Weeks and Myron Gaines. And you listen to the description of the show, and it's we're the number one men's self-improvement podcast in the world. We provide the truth to men on females' finances and fitness. And yet here they are with this incredibly anti-Semitic Holocaust denier named Nick Fuentes and they're letting him have this debate. And even in the title of the show, they admit that they're talking about the Jewish question. You pointed out (laughs) that they actually tweeted about it. They're proud of the fact that they're talking about the Jewish question and they're even a little mad that Joe Rogan isn't doing this himself. And I guess first we should explain what the Jewish question is and why it's a problem. But we also want to talk about how do these worlds converge like this? Let's actually define the Jewish question so there's no ambiguity here.
4: So the idea of the Jewish question starts with the premise that the Jews are a problem for society. And the Jewish question comes down to how do we handle that problem? The idea of what do we do with the Jews? That's literally what people are asking when they ask that question. What do we do with the Jews? And the responses have ranged anything from put them all on their own island somewhere to, you know, the Hitler solution. So when they talk about the Jewish question on this show, they're literally saying the Jews are a societal cancer. What do we do to get rid of the Jews? That's what they're saying. What do we do to make the Jews not a problem for society anymore? So that's about the most anti-Semitic thing I can think of off the top of my head in terms of what you could possibly say to get that idea out there. And the idea that they're just laughing, that this is just funny for them. It's just repulsive.
5: Should we or should we not have a debate about whether we should genocide an entire group of people?
4: That's the question.
5: Yeah, let's let's have a debate about that. Really, really? You wanna you wanna debate whether we need another Holocaust? Right. I think any any sane person, you go up to them and explain it in those those terms. Hey, you wanna go talk to this guy? He thinks we should murder every Jew. Do you wanna go have a debate with him? How do you debate that? How do you debate insanity? How
4: do you debate an entire group's right to exist? We actually ended up making a new friend ourselves as a result of Nick Fuentes. Game designer Luke Bernard came on the show to discuss the Holocaust museum he built in Fortnite and the bedwetting amongst Little Nicker and his friends as a result. From episode 93. Let's talk a little bit about how we met on Twitter. It was entirely by chance, but we happened to find some common cause fighting with Nick Fuentes and his Groypers online. Twitter let Fuentes keep his ban evasion account up for four days, despite the policy on Twitter saying they don't allow ban evasion accounts. How were you personally able to force them to act on this?
2: Well, so I didn't actually have any clue because I know Fuentes had posted about my work telegram a couple of days prior. I wasn't entirely aware where it's all coming from until like Jay and some other people like, this is Fuentes uh, pretty much. This, this is his account. And then when also when his account kind of got locked for like 12 hours and he just posted on his Telegram. And it was growing to up to 12,000. So the problem which I saw was, so Twitter wasn't aware of X. I'm just still going to quote Twitter. They just weren't aware that they were. And the problem was the organizations who are meant to be aware of these things were not even aware either, even if it was making international news. Like I was actually having friends in France just sending me like the TV and basically being like, why are you on TV fighting with Nazis? What the hell is going on, Luke? Like people <laughs> from the countryside that have no clue even about the work I do. And they're just like, what have you done? And I was even on CNN Turkey. It was that bloody ridiculous uh, about the whole thing.
5: I saw I saw a New York Times reporter reach out to you. I don't know if you got in contact with him, but yeah, yeah no, it really was
2: everywhere. Oh, yeah. New York Times even did ask. So it exploded everywhere. It
4: did. Nick Fuentes certainly is a piece of work. And while he missed out on the big prize this year, he's still very young. So unfortunately, he'll probably be around for a while.
6: There is an occult element at the high levels of society and specifically among the Jews. And, you know, whenever I see that stuff, it just makes me want to proclaim louder and more firmly and more rigidly that it is nothing other than Jesus Christ. No, no pagan stuff. No false gods, no deities, no demons. It is Jesus Christ. And Pete, and we need to start saying that name more. I feel like I haven't said his name enough on the show lately. But that—that that is what breaks the spell. It's the name. It's the name Jesus. Talk about it. Say it. Pray to him. Proc- talk about the sacrifice on the cross. That's the answer. Because so many of the people that are perpetrating the lies and the destruction on the country... They are evildoers. They are people that worship false gods. They are people that practice magic or rituals or whatever. And more than anything, those people need to be, when we take power, they need to be given the death penalty. Straight up. And I'm far more concerned about that than I am about even non-white people or mass migration these people that are, that are communing with demons and engaging in this sort of witchcraft and stuff, and these people that are suppressing the name Christ and suppressing Christianity, they must be absolutely annihilated when we take power. I'm not calling for political violence, but that cannot have any quarter in our society. And we need to put up, we need to put up a crucifix in every home, in every room, in every school, in every government office, to signal Christ's reign over our country. Not not that God needs it, but it must be outwardly expressed from the interior that this is, this is God's country, this is Jesus's country, this is not the domain of atheists or devil worshipers or perfidious Jews, this is Christ's country.
4: We can only hope he finds Jesus or something. This next nominee really gave it the old Trinity College try. Indeed, if he managed to keep his job as television's number one primetime great replacement promoter, there's a good chance he takes the top slot as this year's 2023 did-nothing-wrong person who did the most nothing wrong. Unfortunately for him, but fortunately for everyone else, he was fired on April 23rd, 2023. From episode 57.
5: Yeah, the big news. Tucker Carlson is out at Fox News quite suddenly, and apparently without any warning whatsoever. Well, 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 he got got a little warning. A little Uh, warning. Early reports say that Fox News let him know he was fired 10 minutes before they announced it to the press. (laughs) (laughs) 10 whole minutes. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) 10 minutes. (laughs) His his coffee was almost done brewing. (laughs) Uh, Hey,
4: why don't you come in here? We can have a little pre show meeting. <laughs> I'm sure that's probably about how it went. Can you imagine? Like, this is the guy who's known for having that like very confused look on his face during the broadcast. I want to know if he got that confused look on his face when he got fired.
5: <laughs> this is this is why we need video. I know. Uh
0: yeah <laughs> the, the, the
5: uh, uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it I think it was pretty obvious to us in the moment because he didn't have any sort of bullshit narrative already out there and pre-prepared and ready to go. The right didn't immediately Nothing. say, you know, Rupert Murdoch was found in a Chinese whorehouse and <laughs> the place was owned by George Soros and Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab was running security and I Big Pharma sponsored the <laughs> cocktails or whatever. I mean, they're something. They, they, the Ukrainian bio, Hunter Biden, the laptop. Hunter Biden. The, the laptop did it. I don't know.
4: There just wasn't anything. They were just quiet. The only people that had it at first were, you know, the big mainstream journalists on Twitter. And at first, it didn't seem like anybody wanted to believe it. Like everybody, I, I saw it first and was kind of, I think it was Oliver Darcy where I saw it and I was kind of
5: like, wait, what? Are you, are you sure? Is this really him?
4: You know, we've had some, some problems with some check marks and some, you know, lack of verification here lately. So I'm going to make sure you're the real guy from CNN. Oh my God, you are. (laughs) And you ran with this. So it's probably true, but we should see some other sources. And after it starts coming in, it was like, what just happened? Yeah. This is amazing. There's no statement from Tucker. There's no spin. Guys like Charlie Kirk are just reporting it. They're not offering any commentary at all. Just. Uh, Tucker is out.
5: Yeah, and they're all kind of searching for their hot takes and what what's our what's our narrative here? What are we saying? Who are we blaming this on? Who who is responsible? Who does MAGA need to direct all their hate mail and mean tweets to?
4: There was a solid hour where they had no idea nope. what to do. It was very clear they just didn't know.
5: Yeah, and that is that is how we know, and that is how it's obvious that they didn't see this coming. And I'm sure that's nope. why Fox did it the way that they did it, because if you give Tucker. <laughs> If you give that guy an hour, a few even 3 hours may as well be 3 weeks in traditional media.
4: 20 minutes probably would have been enough. Yeah. He
5: he can text a few people, call a couple guys and then the whole the whole social media sphere knows where they're going and knows how they're spinning it and he would have had something else lined up, something else. I'm going to be on Rumble or I'm going to partner with whomever and I'm going to go on Steve Bannon's show or You saw my, you saw my poll with where should Tucker go next? He he would have been on one of those four options. And I I believe the four options were Bannon, Bannon's show, Alex Jones and Infowars, Nick Fuentes and America first and Russia today. And I I think far and away Russia today is, is winning for the, for the next logical step for Tucker. (laughs)
4: Well, he's already on the daily shows
5: in Russia from yeah.
4: clips. I mean, they might as well just go all the way and put the real guy on. Might as well. They'd show enough of his clips anyway. I mean, what's the difference?
5: Yeah, just just pay him directly at this point. Yeah. Forget the tape delay. You could file Farah on that. You
4: can you could just file a Farah and you'd be okay, right? Right?
5: <laughs> I, I would love to know how many different clips and how many times he's commented on people who have filed Farah. <sighs> Yeah, the foreign, foreign agent registration act. How many different foreign agents has Tucker criticized and called out on his show? But again, and we've talked about this repeatedly and, but I'll say it once more. The hypocrisy is not the point. They don't care. He would do it anyway. If Tucker thinks he can get ahead by being a registered foreign agent of Luxembourg or Russia or New Zealand or whatever it is, he'll do it because they don't care if they're hypocrites and you can gotcha these people all day, and it doesn't matter, it doesn't affect them. They've got a story to sell unless they don't, and in this case they didn't because they weren't prepared. Nothing.
4: Now he streams his white nationalist propaganda from his basement, just like most of the rest of the white nationalist streamers. Except Puentes, who streams his. From his mom's basement. (laughs) From this prestigious temple of journalism, he went on to interview such luminaries as Top G and alleged sex trafficker Andrew Tate. This is from episode 78.
5: Speaking of X Fox employees, Tucker Carlson is doing some really bold and courageous journalism. Just
4: stunning and brave, that guy is. (sighs)
5: <sighs> yeah he's he's free from the shackles of his corporate masters at Fox and he can just cover the topics that the people really want to know about he can even go where a guy like Joe Rogan is afraid to go he's, he's so tough he's so alpha uh-huh. he's willing to travel all the way to Romania just so he can give a voice to the voiceless and bring the censored man the top G himself Mr. Andrew Cobra Tate, an interview.
4: Wow. The man is just a regular Edward R. Murrow, a titan of journalism, going all the way to Romania in pursuit of the truth. And why do you have to go to Romania again?
5: Because it seems, mm, just looking at my notes here. Oh, yes, yes. Andrew Tate can't leave his house. Or if he does, well, he has to go back to jail. And I'm pretty sure they're monitoring that with Uh a little little device on his ankle. Yeah. Remember, he's been charged with rape, human trafficking, which has been upgraded to human trafficking in a continued form, and forming an organized crime group to exploit women sexually. Needless to say, these are very serious charges. And he's looking at... A long stay in prison, maybe even decades behind bars if he's convicted.
4: But that's not what Tucker said he was charged with. Tucker literally said the following.
5: Well, the fact that you're not accused of a sex crime yep. or of violence, which yep. I think most people don't really understand. Yep. And they can look it up. Yep. I mean, but you're not actually accused correct. of rape, correct. Selling anyone, correct. Pimping. Correct. Okay. Um, that right there raises a lot of questions <laughs> well the simple answer here is that uh tucker's full of shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah never never let the accused tell you what they're what they're um, <coughs> accused of or charged with they're going to lie this is
4: the old rule about don't believe them unless they're under oath and even then exactly
5: exactly anybody can tweet anything anybody can say anything yeah according to a june 20th, 2023 press release by Romania's Directorate for Investigating Organized Crime and Terrorism. Four people, including Andrew and his brother Tristan Tate, were charged with constituting an organized criminal group, human trafficking, and rape. While the press release does not specify which defendant was charged with rape, court documents and an official from the prosecutor's office confirm it was Andrew Tate.
4: Huh. Wow, that is not at all what Tucker just said in there, so... Tucker Carlson lied? Oh my God. Wow, (laughs) courageous and stunning and brave, that guy. Recently, he decided to invite his friend, the always credible and esteemed Alex Sucky Jones, to come hang out in the basement and tell stories, which we're sure are totally true, about President Biden's behavior in the White House. Take a listen.
0: You know, the deep state does kill people. And 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 that's their only next move because this is failing. And and I think they're gonna kill Biden too, or I think they're gonna to try to, re- what you said in a speech again, before the last one I talked about like a month ago, you said, I don't see Biden and Trump being the candidates. You see the system, the media going after Biden and he deserves it, but they were covering it up until now. Yes. Now they're covering the laptop. Now they're covering attack on the dog. Now they're covering, you know, all of his senility. All the corruption, the Chinese spies. hacking a dog. What a pig he is. I'm sorry. Well, I, I mean, I was told that by Secret Service and by uh, yeah. people that, let's just say, work with them. And I'm going to leave it at that. But I actually have a contact for you. like will be able to hear it from them. But when this is over, I'll let you actually hear it from yourself. I think they'll tell you off record. I think they're willing to talk to you. Uh, but yeah, he, he, he is completely out of his mind. He wanders around for the entire two and a half years. But it's getting worse. Naked in the White House. Uh, in the middle of the night, doesn't know who he is. They have to give him a bunch of drugs, yeah. a bunch of amphetamines in the morning, Then they've got to drug him uh, at night. Sometimes he's got to, though, he'll like be out for the morning for a while and then comes back out at night for a ball. That's when there's a real problem. He is on drugs. I, I have established that. I know someone who witnessed it. I'm not guessing at this. I know someone personally who
5: witnessed him uh, taking amphetamines. And this was, this was during the 2016, uh, 20, 2020 election.
4: Part of the reason this guy has such a strong case is because it's all an act. Tucker does this for the cameras, as we found out when his texts with said friend Alex Jones got released as part of discovery in Jones's trial over his incessant exploitation of the tragedy at Sandy Hook. we covered that disgusting mess in episode 29. Take a listen. What I really find interesting about that article is the first paragraph of the Huffington Post article, and I'm going to quote it here. In early March 2020, as the coronavirus pandemic began its onslaught across the country, Fox News host Tucker Carlson drove to then-president Donald Trump's Florida resort to warn him to take the virus more seriously. People you know will get sick, Carlson said on his show later that night after visiting Trump at Mar-a-Lago. Some may die. This is real. That's the point of this script, to tell you that. This surprising warning was noticed by Alex Jones, a far-right conspiracy theorist better known for spreading lies about the parents of dead children and hawking overpriced supplements on his platform. Jones texted Carlson a link on March 16, 2020, to a now-deleted InfoWars article called, Tucker Carlson drove to Mar-a-Lago to warn Trump that coronavirus was a real threat. The subhead read, Fox News host saves America. I tried man Carlson texted Jones back according to a record of their conversation obtained by the Huffington post yet by the following month, as Trump continued to minimize the seriousness of the virus, the two right-wing media personalities agree, appeared to follow the president's lead texting conspiracy theories with each other that downplayed the threat, even as thousands of Americans were dying daily. So here's these two guys that probably between them, have a lot of blood on their hands when it comes to our response to the coronavirus, how much pushback we had, how many people just refused to take it seriously, helped spread it, died as a result of this. They knew what they were doing from the jump. And yet they just went ahead and kayfabe their way through the day at that point, because Trump, for whatever reason, didn't want to go along with this. They were just totally fine with, okay, well, we know what the right thing to do is here, but it's not going to make us any money, so let's just go ahead and get on board with the party line. And that's just so reprehensible that, ah, fuck. Needless to say, when Trump found out about how Tucker really felt, he called him on the metaphorical carpet and made him lick the boot and bend the knee. We covered this in episode 54.
5: Well, Donald Trump, as he does, uh, decided to wade into... All sorts of bizarre discussions in an exclusive interview with Tucker Carlson.
0: Exclusive. Exclusive. (laughs) Uh,
5: The first interview Trump has given since his arraignment in a Manhattan court over the 34 count felony indictment laid out against him. As several commentators pointed out, it was a thoroughly humiliating experience for Tucker.
4: But we kind of expected this for Tucker. He apparently remains loyal to Donald Trump, despite what we saw in the leaked messages that came out thanks to the Dominion Voting Systems lawsuit against Fox News. You may recall in one exchange as Summer Concepcion reported for NBC News on January 4th, 2021, Tucker wrote, quote, We are very, very close to being able to ignore Trump most nights. I truly can't wait. Adding later, Quote, I hate him passionately. I can't handle much more of this.
5: Know <laughs> that field dog. Yeah. You
4: wanna... Welcome to the resistance, Tucker Carlson. <laughs>
5: well, it's just it's funny though how many of them say this because mm-hmm. we had the same sort of leak from Alex Jones. A while back that Michael Edison Hayden reported on at SPLC. So it is funny how much the people who really need Trump and simp so hard for Trump Uh come back because, yeah, apparently Tucker hates being irrelevant more than he hates Donald (laughs) Trump because he's been finding excuses to support him and repeat the latest MAGA messaging night after night after night for months now. Tucker now claims that his comments about Trump were just in the heat of the moment. He was venting and letting off some steam, and he didn't really mean it. He even said, quote, I love Trump, unquote, in response to all of this.
4: It seems so- like Trump is willing to forgive him, but we're currently in the groveling stage of this forgiveness. This is a long-running pattern with Trump. He'll forgive just about anyone as long as they submit to his will and kiss the ring enough times. For whatever reason, Tucker's doing this and it was just downright humiliating for him. Trump barely let him speak and made frequent criticisms of Tucker personally during what turned out to be more of a soapbox monologue by Trump than an
5: actual interview. And as funny as that humiliation was, there was a particularly dark point of the interview for me anyway. And it's when Trump told Tucker who the real enemy of America was.
0: I often say, they said to me the other day, one of your fellow journalists said, uh, Who's the biggest problem, sir? Is it China? Could it be Russia? Could it be North Korea? No, I said the biggest problem is from within. It's these sick, radical people from within, because we can handle, if we're smart, we can handle Russia, China. I did.
5: This is just so unbelievably bad and dangerous. The biggest problem we're facing in the United States isn't Russia or China or North Korea or any other foreign threat. It's not corruption or income inequality or gun violence or Citizens United or racism or pick a million other things. No, according to Donald Trump, the biggest problem that American citizens face is not liking him. <laughs> it's, it's Democrats, the deep state, the fake news media.
4: The Soros funded and Tifa communist prosecutors who hate America almost as much as they hate your favorite president, Donald J. Trump. He evidently groveled hard enough to get back on the Trump train. Because he's not one of those sick, radical people when it really comes down to it. Tucker's a good boy. These are all worthy nominees, and every single person on this list contributed to the inshittification of your information environment in a big way. But none of this would have been possible without the consent and encouragement of 2023's Did Nothing Wrong's Person Who Did the Most Nothing Wrong. The envelope, please. Your 2023 did-nothing-wrong's person who did the most nothing wrong is Elon Musk. The guy was a 365-day walking garbage fire. He did so much nothing wrong, we probably could have done a daily episode on the guy until our brains melted into a nice smooth puddle. So, here's a few of the highlights. Elon started the year buying Twitter for $44 billion, and he came out of the gate hot with a real new sheriff in town mentality one of the first things this free speech champion did was to start suspending anyone who so much as reported on his whereabouts. He even suspended Jay briefly. <laughs> In episode 19, we talk about the utter hypocrisy involved. Elon Musk is throwing a tantrum over on twitter.com. It started late Thursday night, the 15th of December, when he contradicted his previous statements about free speech by permanently suspending the Elon Jet account, and then rapidly suspended other accounts who posted in support of the account, or, like Donny O'Sullivan of CNN, attempted to fact-check his claims that the account put his life in danger. One of the accounts caught up in the Mad King's wrath was our own Jay McKenzie. Jay was first informed that his account was locked for supposedly posting private information, and then shortly thereafter, he was informed that the account was permanently suspended for platform manipulation. Jay, since they can't seem to give you a straight answer, what's your best guess as to what happened?
5: It is. It's just not clear. I know there were a bunch of journalists who were suspended um, yesterday. most I, I think they were all suspended maybe a couple hours before I was. And there's sort of this vague sense that it was all related to Elon's jet. They're... Elon has changed the terms of service for Twitter, and it it just changed from, let's see, today is the 16th. It changed two days ago, sometime between December 14th and 15th. The violations on private information and, and media policy were suddenly updated. There was no announcement. There was no warning. Presumably, this was done before Elon tweeted but it also could have been done after Elon tweeted some random things that popped into his head and and who actually edited the terms of service page was it huh. was it was it Elon <laughs> um how there, how many people are left at Twitter and it's 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 hard to say maybe he maybe he sent a tweet and then he went on over and edited the page and added some some new information. So without without warning, without any any sort of clear directive or message, or hey everyone, let's have a press release about our changes. Suddenly it changed overnight and then accounts that well the, the Elon Jet account, the account that was an automated account that used publicly available information to track Elon Musk's private jet. That account was suspended. And then the owner of the account, Jack Sweeney was, was suspended. And then all of his other plane tracking accounts were also suspended on Twitter. And then all these journalists who talked about Jack Sweeney and his Elon jet account getting suspended. All those journalists who talked about it got suspended or at least some of them did. It's it's not entirely clear. And once again, I know you're shocked, but Elon is not Absolutely.
2: being
5: <laughs> he's not being transparent about what they did. And even one of his kind of toadies on Twitter was saying, Oh, so far I've uh this is Mike Solana. It's at M I C S O L A N A on Twitter, said, So far I've been able to confirm about half the account suspended. Posted links to the Jet Tracker thing in violation of the new doxing policy. Unclear just yet about the rest, but I think I think it's safe to say the rule is for real. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> and you best
4: not follow the rules. Yeah, yeah.
5: He sounds like a free thinker who's not just doing whatever Daddy Elon says. And then, of course, Elon replies and say, he said, same doxing rules apply to journalists, quote unquote, as everyone else. They posted my exact real time location, basically assassination coordinates in in obvious direct violation of Twitter terms of service in obvious direct violation of the Twitter terms of service that had been changed less than 24 hours with no statement, no press release, no warning. But it's of course, it's obvious. Isn't it obvious? Obvious, obvious. You should check the, the terms of service before you
4: post every single time just in case. I mean we're gonna have to now. We're Who gonna doesn't have to read get it? a bot every- or something that reupdates the Twitter terms of service because <laughs> everyone, everyone
5: how would I know? reads their Apple, Microsoft, every you totally. read the full thing, right? Absolutely down Old. to the last
4: line about <laughs> jurisdiction and venue in case of oh. Yeah, well, because you, you wouldn't okay. want
5: to end up like me and just be unpersoned. I, yeah. I, I'm not even sure my I exist. I, I told my wife I might have to six censor over here because exactly. I'm just not sure. Yeah, I'm really not sure if I'm still here. I see
4: um, dead people. He had some new ideas for how he wanted things to run, one of which was paying creators for engagement. Now, none of it had to be real or accurate, so you can probably guess just what kind of content it incentivized. We covered that in episode L-X-X-X-V-I-I-I. Take a listen.
5: It's a shit show. And and Elon Musk, as far as Twitter, still want to call it Twitter because it's, it's Twitter. He's paying these people to post bullshit. Mm-hmm. They are posting utter fucking nonsense because that is what goes viral on Twitter. That is what gets retweeted. And that is what... Gets the most eyeballs. And what gets you paid on Twitter is eyeballs, is engagement, is people saw this tweet. Doesn't matter if they're real people, Mm -hmm. this is how you get your money. So these people went fucking crazy. They're literally getting paid to lie.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And it becomes this just completely useless platform where at one point it was the absolute best way to keep up on breaking news. There was nothing comparable to it, but... Once you have incentivized lying, which they have, you get X number of impressions, you get X number of dollars. And as long as you give Elon that eight bucks a month for his VIG, then you are up for getting a shot of that money every month. So it's become just this absolute nightmare. We're starting to see the disinformation, the fact checkers getting just overwhelmed with this stuff because there's just too much of it. You can't keep up on it, you can't keep track of it
5: well and and it's so demoralizing mm-hmm. because it's it, at a certain point it's like, well why, why am I? Because nobody's doing anything, nobody cares, and anybody who does care can't do anything about it, yeah, and that seems to be the point, doesn't it? I mean, he's doing so many things like he's to get paid by Twitter, well, you have to sign up for Twitter Blue X Premium, as he's now calling it, which is again right. worse, because right. everything about this rebrand is worse. <laughs> but he's advertising it as essentially, if you pay for Twitter Blue, it's going to be free because it's the money's going to be sent back to you in, in your engagement. Like you post right. a little bit right. every month, you're going to get it back. So one, again, just complete and utter failure of the business model. Not only can you now hide your blue check because it is a mark of shame. Mm-hmm. Twitter Blue, he's now marketing it as free. But it's worth it to him because he hates reporters. He hates anyone that's interested in the truth. Yep. He wants to devalue anyone who could continue to make him look like the shitty person, the ignorant fool that he is, who is pretending like he's going to beat up Mark Zuckerberg. But he <laughs> God, <laughs> I, I, this man, Mark Zuckerberg, five years ago was one of the most hated men in America, easily top five. But Elon Musk, gotta hand it to him. He is the best PR officer, yeah. Meta Facebook could ever hire, could ever dream of having come into their lives.
4: Because that's what happened. He ends up making Mark Zuckerberg, the Facebook guy, look good. The robot. The robot. And you gotta do something really, really, really special for the world to be rooting for Mark Zuckerberg to beat you up.
5: And I I kinda kinda am on yeah. Zuckerberg's side. I know he's a terrible person. I know the terrible things that he's done for local news and mm-hmm. and he downplayed all the Russian influence and operations in 2016. He stonewalled Congress. He wouldn't step up and ban People until the very last minute he's always only acted at the very last minute to deal with misinformation and all the various problems that have come across that platform yeah dude sucks he's terrible and yet dude he's fucking terrible but you still find yourself kind of Mm -hmm. rooting for him because elon is that shitty of a person oh yeah
4: oh yeah One of the most hair-brained things Elon did this year was a running series that he called The Twitter Files. Only, he was supposedly not involved at all, beyond giving access to Twitter's internal documents to friendly journalists such as Matt Taibbi, Bari Weiss, Michael Schellenberger, and Lee Fang. He claimed these documents were irrefutable proof that Twitter had shown bias against conservatives, specifically in the run-up to the 2020 election. But, the consensus seemed to be that all it really showed was that Twitter's content moderation team had some tough calls to make and that they made them. Needless to say, Elon wasn't happy that his narrative didn't catch on, and he got real mad at Matt Taibbi about it. This is from episode 53.
5: Taibbi posted the Twitter files directly onto Twitter in threads, and it was painfully obvious from day one that he didn't have an editor, even though he really, really needed one. Oh, yeah. The whole thing was odd. It, It was... Kind of the the thread popped up out of nowhere, and he was posting in random increments at first. They were really quick succession of tweets, and clearly he had at least started to write out the thread before he started it. But at some point into the thread, it started taking longer and longer for each tweet to go out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he, he really could have used an editor beforehand, but it all felt rushed. It's all felt really rushed and the conclusions don't really match the claims. But the these posts, even the inaccurate ones, have stayed up anyway because they serve their purpose. Mm-hmm. Jim Jordan and the House GOP got to weaponize the information. Uh, Elon Musk was happy with Taibbi and his quote-unquote reporting until Matt fell even slightly out of line. Then Musk unfollowed Taibbi and posted their private messages on Twitter, and thus, in a way, creating a whole new episode of the Twitter files.
4: <laughs> Taibi also posted the original Twitter files directly to Twitter because Elon Musk told him he had to if he wanted the data to write them from Twitter. Taibi also said that he agreed to tell anyone who asked that he got the Twitter data from quote, sources at Twitter. All indications are that the so-called quote, sources at Twitter <laughs> and Taibi worked very closely on this one.
5: Yes. uh, Sources at Twitter, which just so happened to appear after Elon Musk spent $44 billion to purchase the platform. And oh, by the way, Taibbi and Musk have had multiple conversations since he purchased the platform. Taibbi also admitted they talked about the Twitter files at least once in an interview he did with Russell Brand Hmm. last December. Just the other day, Musk tweeted and then deleted Their private communications on Signal, which, as we know, is an encrypted app that allows you to delete messages on a timer or it will.
4: Mm -hmm. Convenient if you're looking to hide the PR work you're doing for the world's formerly richest man. But don't worry, it won't happen again. Here's Sheriff Elon telling Jack Bisobic that he'll go to jail over another Hunter laptop situation.
5: The FBI, the DHS, et cetera, if they reach out
1: to X, I believe they called it defensive briefings in 2020. Regarding which eventually culminated in the censorship of Hunter Biden, if they started reaching out again, would that be something that you or the team and and no, I can understand if you don't want to answer now, but you would consider making public? We will be as transparent as is po- as possible with uh, with that. You know, the, yeah, and and frankly, if, if if I if I think a government agency is breaking the law in their demands on the platform, I would. I would be prepared to go to prison personally, if, if I think they are, they are the ones uh, breaking the law."
4: And he won't be, quote, blackmailed with money, unquote, as he puts it. You don't want them to advertise? No. What do you mean? If, if
1: somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go fuck yourself. But go fuck yourself. Is that clear?
0: I hope it is. Hey, Bob.
4: That's right, advertisers. You can't influence this guy with your filthy money. So don't even try. Especially not you, Bob Iger, CEO of Disney, you peasant, you pleb. Folks, that's based. Way too based to care about your advertisers. This is a whole new level of based here. This guy is so based, he's lighting $44 billion on fire along with the entire world's information environment, to prove just how based he is. It is impossible to understate just how based a move that was. Even Alex Jones was impressed. Uh,
0: But I think as more evidence came out, he made that bold move uh, because it's really a fuck you. uh, Just like he said a few weeks ago at the New York Times, that these people are there's never enough censorship. You never can bend enough to them. You you never can compromise with them. They never compromise with us. So you finally you finally reach that well fuck you moment. Fuck yourself moment. Go fuck yourself. And 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 so I think that's the shot heard round the world. I think that was the final tipping point with the tide completely turned when Elon Musk said go fuck yourself. You can mark that day as the shot heard around the world in the info war and when we turn the tide.
4: This is why among many other reasons, Elon Musk is the 2023 did-nothing-wrongs person who did the most nothing wrong. Thanks for listening and supporting the show this year. It means more than I can say. Next year is going to be insane, so make sure you tune in and we'll continue to help you make sense of the crazy. Take care and Happy New Year from the Did Nothing Wrong Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Did Nothing Wrong Podcast. If you want to hear more, you can find us on the web at didnothingwrongpod.com. Please make sure you subscribe to get our content straight into your inbox. You can also follow us on Twitter at grizzabjj, G-R-Z-A-B-J-J, as well as dnwpod. We're extremely grateful for paid subscriptions and donations that allow us to keep doing this important work. Thanks, and remember, everyone mentioned did nothing wrong.